Welcome to Education Suspended, a podcast focused on exploring, engaging, and dialoguing with those in education who are passionate about changing the status quo and evolving the archaic system we have inherited. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 12 of Education Suspended. I'm one of the hosts, Jessica Pfeiffer. Glad to have you here. Hope you are in the midst of a great summer. It's a much needed summer, I've determined. Um, So I hope you're taking care of yourself, finding some time to relax and rejuvenate yourselves. We have a really fun conversation today with Luke Grainer, who is the founder of Be Rhythmic. Um, And when you hear the last name Grainer, you're like, oh, that sounds familiar. It is. This is Steve's son. Um, So Be Rhythmic is a really cool organization that Luke started that really focuses on bringing rhythm into the classroom and making it accessible for teachers as a form of teaching. And we dive into that, right? We really begin to explore what are the benefits um, of a rhythmic based approach in learning? What, why can it be so powerful? I also really appreciate, you know, we have this conversation of what's the diff- difference between rhythm and being maybe feeling that you're musical um, and discovering ways that we can find ways to bring rhythm as an opportunity for learning for our kids, just knowing and trusting that if we, if we create the space, um, regardless of our confidence level, but if we create that space that, that our students, they'll know what to do with it and they'll have fun and it will help them learn. So that being said, everybody sit back and enjoy episode 11 of Education Suspended with Luke Grainer. Also, I totally forgot to remind everybody, stay uh, for the entire episode uh, all the way through the end, because just like we did in episode 11, we are adding these rhythmic activities um, that Luke has created that you can use um, for yourself in the classroom. Um, So I just want to make sure I said that. Sorry about that, y'all. All right. Enjoy. Hello, Luke Grainer. How are you? Hello. No, I'm good. (laughs) Listen, I want to. I want to say, I asked Steve if he wanted to do this intro, and he denied. He's like, "Let's stick with tradition." But Luke is joining us today, and this is Steve's son. So I, I do feel a little bit strange saying, "Grainer, you should, as the father, you should do this." But alas, here I am. No, uh, I, I just rather, did, I did my I did my forty one plus years of research. I I did my part. Now you take care <laughs> of your you, part. You took on this. You took on this interview very seriously. So you're ready. Uh, well, Luke, thanks for joining us. We're excited to have you here. Uh, so here's you know you've listened to the podcast, but here's how we start. We'd love for you just to say hello to our listeners. Um, tell us about Be Rhythmic, which is your educational company working with schools, kind of embedding rhythm into learning and regulation. And if you feel comfortable, um, we'd love to hear kind of what school's like for you as a student, and then we'll jump into stuff. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've enjoyed listening uh, to these episodes. And so I, I was going to just, you know, throw a monkey wrench into the very beginning Okay. and, and uh, make you uh, stand up and do a, an exercise with me to activate let's do it. our brains. So we're going to stand up. It's going right, to be... A quick little one. So if you're listening to this, you have to do this too. Yeah, fantastic. So stand up. Whose kid right. is this? My goodness. <laughs> All right, you're gonna grab your right. If you need a, if you need a, if you need a little touch balance, then touch something, but don't try not to. Okay, take your right, right foot, put it in your right hand. And you're gonna do a quad stretch. Oh, you gotta tell me this <laughs> before. Yep. Oh, okay. All right. Now we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna count in fours and eights and you're gonna lift your arm up and breathe in and lift your arm up and breathe down when i count okay if i say eight counts you have to breathe in nice and slow and deep for eight counts all the way up all right ready all right right. right, here we go left arm up breathe in two three four breathe out two three four breathe in two three four breathe out two three Four, eight beats. Breathe in. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Breathe out. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right, good. Shake it out. Switch sides. I was gonna make you do that like two or three times. And that just eight to one really, really just to bring a challenge. But should get my left leg up, y'all. Okay. This is gonna take our heart rate up at least five percent. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Here we go. Two, three, four. Breathe in. Three, breathe out. Three, four, breathe in. Two, three, four, breathe out. Two, 
three, four for eight. Breathe in. Two, four, five, six, seven, eight. Breathe out. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right, good. There you go. All right, now we're ready. Now we're ready. That was awesome. Dad calls me the hippie, you know, when we're training. And so I started just going out and doing things called, I just considered them like the crazy hippie things. Like I just go lay under a tree and stick my legs up the tree and just look up the tree. This. That's okay. Yeah. That's good though. That's good for people. So anyways, yeah, a little re reset button, you know? I like that. Thank you. You know, I think part of the reason I feel comfortable going out and doing weird, weird things is because I sort of had the freedom to do that my whole life. Mm -hmm. And so early on, I never really got told, you know, don't, don't try this or don't do this or no, you can't do this or no, you're not going to join gymnastics or such football or whatever, you know, or, or, you know, no, I don't want to go out and play one-on-one -on -one right now, Luke. And it was always, yes. I was like, okay, sure. So I just had a lot of fun. Did we were always doing things. Yeah. And so when I was in, when I got into school, like I kind of had that mindset too, you know, like I would just, I just was willing to do things. I wasn't a, it, being challenged by something wasn't like a, it wasn't scary. You know, it's like, Oh, I already sang like a solo for the Christmas play in church when I was five years old. Like, you know, sure. I'll try out for Oliver in fifth grade or whatever. It was kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it was, I, you know, it was, it was a uh, pretty cool. So for me and, and then with dad being a teacher, when I was in school, I always had a positive view of teachers. I had really good teachers in elementary school early on and had good relationships. And a lot of times they knew, knew my parents or at least knew my new dad was a teacher. And so there was like a, I don't know, there was, I just had a natural kind of respect, I guess, for the classroom. I was a, probably a pretty good listener. Uh, I didn't have to, I didn't come to school dysregulated. I came to school in a pretty good mood most of the time, walked to school, you know, so I kind of had like a rhythmic life, yeah. which made mm -hmm. learning, I, I, I never felt like school was hard. It just kind of was like a natural continuation of uh, my day to day, I guess. Can and I, I had, can I ask yeah, you a question real quick? Sorry. So you, I like how you said, like, you were kind of living in which the, the, this life you would describe was rhythmic, right? Like, how and, and I guess Steve you could jump in right what was the power of rhythm in your family how and did you get into it what was that like for y'all I'll, I'll just say that I think music was the the real uniting factor in our family because we all loved and learned and performed music hmm. in a lot of different varieties so that was a big rhythmic part for us and then I think there was like Luke said, there's a lot of the rhythm of play. Play was built into every every day, really. Mm -hmm. And it was family play a lot. So we, you know, those kind of things provided not only rhythm for my kids, but it really provided it for me. I think I was just yeah. the biggest kid in the family. Yep. And, um, and I, you know, and, and all my kids um, ended up being very, they're, they're much more rhythmic than their dad. But they're not any better. They're not any more rhythmic than their mother. That's where they got it. So <laughs> I, I am the, I am the bottom of that pole when it yeah. comes to rhythm. But I, I think we did have a rhythmic kind of fun, playful schedule, which I think translated to the classroom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to clarify. I like how you said that a rhythmic life. Yeah. I mean, I was also a, like a competitor early on. I mean, I was doing competitive gymnastics, second and third and fourth grade like pretty seriously um and so and then sports i mean it was sports and music and being outside that was every that was every single day and yeah. so you know when you're in sports and competition and uh music i mean you just constantly pr surrounded or you're in like a repetitive rhythmic kind of practice Absolutely. all the time and you know you don't even you're not thinking about it but um and then just you know, physical movement. It's like, I didn't, there was no, I wasn't getting stressed locked up in my body because I was just always moving. And mm -hmm. you know, that I think also probably with like high school and moving on to college, like the, 
the performance side of my life helped because I had a lot of little fails, but I didn't really experience a lot of like big stressful fails or big, big crises or anything. Cause we had a really stable, like for me, I thought all that was normal and, and I, it felt, and I, for the most part was a happy kid and, you know, maybe a little too competitive at times slash a lot of times, like a lot of kids are. <laughs> Yeah, there's no and I, you know, a little bit of a temper here and there. I could tell some <laughs> some ugly stories, but that's where you and Pfeiffer are a lot alike. So there's no such thing as being too competitive. But nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it it took me a long time to get over that competitiveness. I I still don't let my kids win one on one. very often. So that's fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just kind of, I mean, I just kept trying things because I wasn't afraid to you know, suck a little bit at something just yeah. like it wasn't a, it didn't feel scary. Yeah. So that was really, I think just an advantage for, you know, sure. me in, in my education. Well, and it's interesting because you just said, right, like your ability to be successful in school was really kind of related to two things I'm hearing, right? Like you were surrounded by a family system in which there was regulation, right? So you were able and had that trust that you could try something new, even if it even if it failed, even if it didn't go well, that you knew everything was going to be okay, right? And then on top mm -hmm. of that, you're surrounded by regulation, right? You have the music and the rhythm around you, music-wise and and body-based through I think sports and everything as well, to to regulate and try again. Yeah. You know, that's really the cool lesson here, Jessica, I think for teachers, and I, I credit you uh, um, in your approach when you're working with staffs is when you, when you can make a staff feel that sort of security, like Luke is talking about, mm -hmm. then they, then they can be set free to do the creative and, and the little fails, the little fails are okay. You know, so much of our, our work, people are just so worried about how to get it right yeah. instead about just go do it and then figure out how to get it right. Um, and I love any of our educators listening that to, you know, just celebrate your creative process. But in order to do that, you got to feel safe. You got to feel Absolutely. you got to feel that foundation on your under your feet. And I think that's what you have taught me about dealing with school staffs is that we, t we take care of our teachers first yeah, and provide mm -hmm. that foundation. That's a real key part. And I think we see it embodied in, in, in Luke, but we, we want to see it embodied in many more. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, we, all of us are big believers in bringing rhythm back into the educational day for our students. Um, but we forget of how, regulating rhythm can be for the teachers as well, right? Like it's, we're, we're thinking beyond just the, the students um, and trying to influence the system, I think. And it's, it's interesting as, as you know, Luke, I was preparing for this interview, I was kind of reflecting back on my educational experience um, and you and I have some commonalities, right? The two biggest influences up through, up through high school, because in, in college, I just did, I just played college soccer. But all the way through my senior year, um, I did choir. I was in choir since middle school and I was singing. And it's it's not that I, I loved soccer and I loved basketball, but I there's something about being part of that choir that I, I miss it, right? Um, and I still sing musicals in the car as though I am the star on stage, right? And when I show <laughs> up to a musical, I'm like, I'm ready. Just in case someone needs me to get up, I'm ready to do this. But there is that kind of power. Oh, that's great in the group, right? The mm -hmm. rhythm with the group, I miss being in a choir more than anything, which is interesting, mm -hmm. right? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it's similar to you, except you're still really into music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was in choir too. I was in the, I mean, the, the change of pace, quote unquote, uh, jazz choir. And the, you know, we went deep into odd songs and harmonies and classic music and jazz and that the power of harmony I think is what you realize, mm -hmm. like you're, you miss, yeah. it's like your body like yeah. misses it. Your, your, everything misses it. It's like, oh, I just, I spent all that time in harmony and whether it's even yeah. in a band with like four different instruments that are playing different rhythms and different levels and, and yeah. pieces to a, a, a song, you know, or whatever it is, but that there's an amazing connection yeah. when it comes to group music. And that's really, 
I mean, that's really what got me started down the path to bringing it into the life, the lives of kids and people. Um, because I thought, I mean, I didn't really know, I didn't really see the how lucky I was to be able to play in bands for, you know, almost like eight, ten years, and then become a performer, a solo performer. Um, and when I was a solo performer, I I just craved groups. I constantly invited people to come up and play on stage. I would bring my drum, I would bring my drum onto stage and just play with the band that I opened for, and just sometimes it would just freak them out. But I just I couldn't help it. I just and like like you said, like when you go to a musical, you're like I'm ready. Every concert I go to, I'm like, you want somebody on the congas? Like you just you start looking through the crowd, and I'm gonna jump on somebody's shoulders. I'm coming up. <laughs> it's just like it's always me, in my mind. It's so my weird, air but it's guitar. so funny. For me, it's my air guitar. I am ready with my air guitar at all times. In particular, at a Dave Matthews concert, like I am convinced that someday he's like, "Listen, I need someone to come up on stage and play." Anyway, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. That I feel. I feel exactly the same way. My wife is like, I oh. sometimes I think she can just like tell that I'm just I want to just run up. And I, I had a, there was a band that I. Um, played with and was friends with in Bismarck uh, called Gypsy Foot and I would just walk behind stage and walk up behind their percussionist and I would just start playing one of you know one of his one of his drums and he we were friends and he kind of knew there's at some point oh Luke's here some point at some point tonight he's gonna be next to me and they never flinched they always had so much like joy they played with so much joy and they looked at me and it's like it was like I was home it was the best and uh it's just like something that something just special about yeah. about music um but yeah the that feeling um you know when it comes to bands it takes like some real skill and or just like no fear so i would go sing with bands that were really like jazz based just jam with them and sing and and they'd pick a song i knew so that i could do it and you know, I wasn't really afraid, but when I would go rehearse with them, like maybe once, uh, I would listen to what they were, their language and their talking. And I was like, oh my, I'm like, I'm on, I'm so out of my element here. I don't know what these, all these numbers mean. And, um, and so I, I, I was lucky to have enough confidence to do that. So Luke, I'm wondering if you can, you know, tell us a little bit about this evolution of Be Rhythmic, right? So I'm hearing this theme, um, and you have all these great stories about just the, the role of music in your life. But what's that evolution like? What was it like for you as a musician getting to this place of, oh, I want to create a company that works with schools, gets into these classrooms and helps helps bring rhythm back into the, the day-to-day of, of being a student? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it really started in, um, in the drum circle experience where going to music festivals and all of a sudden you're walking around the campground and you hear drums and you're like, what's that? And you know what a drum circle is, but at, the, at that time I hadn't really experienced it. I was super interested in these little drums. So my girlfriend, JC at the time, now my wife, bought me this little drum bought my and my friend's girlfriend, you know, she brought him, bought him a drum. So we went and we just took our drums and we went, trudged over to this drum circle and started playing like a cool pattern like I would if I had a you know, snare drum almost. And this kid heard me and kind of saw his like head kind of turn around and he just turned around and he just handed me his big drum and traded with me. I sat down, I hit this big drum and it was like, I was home. Like the bass just filled me up and filled the space. And there wasn't really any, it was kind of a random pattern at that time. But once I sat down and I kind of found the beat, I started playing the most simple, like, basically a rock beat on this djembe boom jack boom boom jack boom boom and everybody just boom clicked everybody was playing together now and everybody was kind of looking around like what just happened and i was like oh oh my goodness like this is this is it and so i had multiple i would call them transformative experiences like that in the drum circle and i mean one where it was it ended up being 40 people singing the same lines or just singing words together. Like we would just start singing words. Like, you know, I don't know, like freedom, freedom, freedom. And everybody would sing it together. And that, and it's like the call and response drum circle happened. Just, it happened. Like, and it was like, you. it's like you can, 
you're all communicating non-verbally and <laughs> you can't explain how you all, yeah. you know, and it, and that happened multiple times. Um, but like I've started to come into this vision of bringing that, the power of the drum circle, the, like the connection within the drum circle, bringing that into like life day to day, week to week, month to month in the school, you know, in just, I, I didn't want that to be exclusive to a, a drum circle at a music festival or a drum circle in the park, but like all the time, like why not all the time? And that kind of, that vision sort of got kicked into gear on the school side when dad asked me to come in, come up with a pattern that he could use for rhythmic learning. And and so things started started to come together and then I started to see, okay, this has this experience has has power in connection connecting people in like real in the moment experience like amazing experiences but also in like learning things it just was like it just kind of opened up a whole a whole world of potential yeah i think there's a couple things um that are coming up for me first off a little while ago you talked about this you use the verbiage group harmony right the power of group harmony um, for you when you were in these choirs and thinking about, well, first off, I agree. I think that's totally true. And I think for myself, right, like being in choir and having that experience of group harmony, I think it made me a better student. And I think it made me a better athlete, to be honest. I think like having that, that component of rhythm and bonding with other people um, paid off in numerous ways. And then the other thing that you've just talked about, right, and I want to jump into this a little bit, is kind of this, the power of music um, in bringing it into the classroom because there is innately this humanistic serve and return response that happens. And so when we think about just us as humans and our overarching connection to other humans, it, it is best in a serve and return experience right we know when you're in it, when you're in act, interacting with someone and it doesn't feel like okay i give to you you give to me i give to you when we aren't engaged in that if it doesn't feel right and so i think that's something that music can bring so if you could sorry now this is just long-winded i knew this was going to happen can you i guess go into a little bit of what is the what is the power of rhythm why is it so strong in regards to kind of connection and regulation but also with learning and, and steve you feel free to jump in as well because i know that this is your cup of tea uh, also i think the power of rhythm first of all is just so real because it's always it's always there like we are just rhythmic and our history our ancient history is rhythmic and you know we spent millennia walking and so every every human is naturally rhythmic maybe not naturally musical anymore but like naturally rhythmic i think so i think it's already there so it um i think it's just like discovering the ways that we all can find it is what's so fascinating um to me and um so I think nat the nat so there's natural power, and then we know that we crave community, and there is really nothing like a musical community, and so if you if you experience that community, then you you want to make that happen. You want to you I don't know I want to just make that happen for more people and for for as many people as possible. Um, and so it's it's like a powerful motivator too, to me. Um, yeah, like I don't really know if I can exp explain it further, like the, what the power of rhythm is. But I, it's just you can you can see it when it happens. I've I've gone in and done drumming or or work with teachers where I think that the I think I've got these patterns that'll work really well, and I see that. And I, and I know they're, I know they work for, for me to feel better or to like be able, I know I can help kids learn if I'm doing it, or I can help, uh, kids feel like they're in a community in the drum circle when I'm leading it. 
but then I'll go and try to teach it and I can see that it's like too hard. It's there. People aren't, aren't connecting because they're not able to do the rhythm. And so I, I've continuously tried to create more simple rhythmic practices. And now like the more simple ones, I see like the immediate connection. Like people are like, yes, this, I can feel this like right now, right away. And so the power, I think that's also part of the power of rhythm is that the most simple pattern that you can connect to, um, gives you that feeling like it, it gives the, it's that feeling of connection. And that's what I, that was a big learning, learning curve for me was like, I got to remember that I'm a drummer and I got to find these, I got to find ways to, to help people experience, you know, that, that rhythmic feeling. Um, well, and you, but I, I love and I appreciate that you just normed it of like, there's this difference between rhythm, you know, like you said, I think you said that every human is naturally rhythmic and then music and musical, right? Because I think that there can be barriers. And I've seen this even when you and I and your dad have trained together, like, all right, we're going to do a rhythmic activity. You can just see the fear coming across people's faces. Mm -hmm. But when you kind of, um, provide the base and I'm like, listen, you walking, there's rhythm there. You running, there's rhythm there. There's rhythm in your day. Um, I think, I think that's great. I think we need to, to norm that. And I, and I also think, you know, not only, not only through millennia, you know, how, how are we kind of entrenched in rhythm, but like also just, I think for me, the big piece is that biologically we are entrenched in rhythm, right? Like our first human associations, ones that we don't even have the capacity to articulate is based in rhythm, right? Like we in utero are surrounded by a sensory mm -hmm. bath based on boom, ba-boom, ba-boom, right? A mother's heartbeat. And so early on, we have this pre-verbal association between ideally regulation and rhythm, which is why most of us, I think, when we start feeling dysregulated without even understanding the why we gravitate towards something that's rhythmic, right? Most of us. Um, so anyway, I appreciate that you said that. Yeah. Even our body, like our, our heartbeat gets stronger, faster. We can feel it more when we're stressed. Right. I mean, yep. that's maybe even our body saying, calm down. Like you, we're, I'm going to give you this rhythm to feel so that you can, you know, start to, calm down i don't who knows but that's definitely yeah I'd, uh it, I, yeah the pulse has become something that i really um start with now like because and that's that i mean when i was going through hard times like actually like real hard times like i had to figure out the most immediate way to calm myself down or de-stress so that i can just be able to speak to people or deal with my kids and um, just either patting my leg, breathing in four pats and breathing out four pats or what, or just now I just take my pulse and find like whatever my rhythm is currently. I just breathe with that rhythm. That's been a game changer for me. And that's literally the most basic pattern that I can, that I can find. Yeah. Well, I just, uh, there's something that really strikes me about this and I'll, I'll speak as a teacher is, um, because I could do something with confidence when I understood I was just uncovering something that's already there, that all my students have rhythm. Now they don't have, uh, like, like Luke said, they didn't have, they weren't equally musical, but they were, they were rhythmic enough to, to begin with a simple patterns. And, and sometimes I would just teach patterns for regulation, just for a break. But then we, later we took those same patterns and attached it to the study of vocabulary. And what I found was um, certain students who had really not excelled at all and really struggled with vocabulary, all of a sudden were able to learn, at least learn simple lists and definitions of words um, in a rhythmic fashion that was incredible. I, I had a kid who failed, I think he failed every vocabulary test I ever had until we started teaching in rhythm. And then he started getting 100% in all these little matching tests. and. And I okay, okay, that's great. That's one kid, one story. But then I started to do the data on all my students in all my classes. And if I used a rhythm-based approach to accessing at least the meanings of words, the, the comprehension level w was astronomical. It, it was 
I once went three hours without a kid getting one wrong um, because they could, they start, and I could watch them move to, move to a rhythm and tap their leg and all of a sudden come up with the, the definition that they, they, you know, couldn't remember in the moment. So I started to see this really has power. But, and one last, I'll just quickly, the the other thing that had power to do was to kind of unite kids who were at very different academic levels, which is the scourge and the most challenging thing for all teachers is how do I serve all my kids? And with a rhythm-based approach, it really made the drum circle effect happen so that you could be anybody and still feel included and you could still learn and you could learn at a lot of levels. So that's, that was how I applied it. I love it. So, I mean, Luke, what was, I'm, I'm just curious, when your dad comes to you and he starts learning about the power of rhythm and he comes to you as son, who's very rhythmic, and he says, hey, help create a beat for me to help me teach, to teach with. What did you give him? Um, well, I think at the time my favorite beat was uh, like a, a dance beat, which is a basic 4-4 four, four beat. Um, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, but uh, it it kind of separates the parts. So you have like a kick drum that's going like this, and then you have a hi-hat that's on that's a high sound, and then you have the snare drum, which is like the crack. And so it's like, and it's hard to, so it's kind of like bass, hi-hat, crack, bass, hi-hat. That's like, if you if you speed it up, that's that classic dance beat. And so, and then I'm not sure why I thought of the voice, but I basically was like, okay, well, we should put like a voice to this too. So then I came up with ooh, e, ah, e. So ooh, e, ah, e, ooh, e, ah, e, ooh, e, ah, e. And, you know, we've changed it over the years and made it ko, chi, ha, and different things. But, um, I, I knew that that was kind of the, like the, it was like the catchiest beat that I that I had in my life in my music listening, and I think that's why it came out. I don't I don't really know how it really happened, but I knew that it had just the like the at its core it was like just like the kick, snare. I mean that's a that's the most basic, and then you add that little backbeat rhythm to it. And so it just had like a real basic but powerful, catchy feel, and um, I mean, it didn't really. We didn't really know if it would be effective or not until he tried it, and it and it worked. Yeah, Grainer. So, what did you do with that beat? Well, it, it, as he was doing the beat, I was just sitting here and thinking, yeah, I could be quizzing states and capitals, you know. I could be just shouting out a call and re- I did a lot of call and response. I'd shout out a word. The kids would create a two beat definition, a summary definition of a word. They would, in fact, and they would chant back to me and then we could do it opposite. I might, I might chant the definition. They would chant the word. Wow. So it became a, a real kind of fun connection for all of us. That's, that's what I like doing with it. And I, I, I would say, I honestly, as a language arts teacher focused mostly on vocabulary, but I've been able to apply it to math facts and like provinces and capitals or states and capitals or world countries. And I remember going to one of our seventh grade science classes and listening to them learn about mitosis and meiosis and, and all the difference between those scientific uh, definitions that were, it was just so fun to watch them because they're all doing it in rhythm. Yeah. And, and it was locking in. It just locks in. It'll, it, yeah. it, as we've learned in our work, it opens up the cortex in a really great way to, uh, to make memory happen because it's associated with a beat, yeah. but it's also associated with an experience. That's that collegial drum circle kind of experience. And all those positives make learning happen so much easier. Again, we're accessing what we already know. It's it's just a rhythmic access. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a big part of it for me is uh, creating beats and games, songs, rhythmic activities that are simple enough where the 
the kids can be the leaders. Um, and the teachers don't have to worry about being musical. Because um, I really do believe that we can all learn to be rhythmic. Um, but it's 100% that not everybody can keep time. Keeping time is like something unique to the drummer. I think they've done studies on the, on the drummer's brain. where, And I think it can be learned if you start early. I think you can learn to be a drummer. Um, I think you can learn to have time. But I think there are people that just have time. That just, it's there. Like when I hear, when I drive across the bridge, I, within 10 seconds, I can play the, a beat that goes with the bridge. With just the lines in the bridge. It's, I can hear the time, I can hear time. When, when something is, when a bird, if a bird is outside singing in, and their pattern is in perfect time, I'll wake up with the beat in my body. Like I can, I'll, I'll, I'm, I try to figure out if it's like a machine, you know, it's so there's something there is something to something to that where not everybody is musical or can or has perfect time or even close to time like they just don't have that natural rhythm but anybody can learn to be rhythmic I do believe that um, because we I just think we all are and so that that's been like I've been stripping out the maybe not stripping out kind of simplifying yeah stripping out like the extra stuff out of these patterns for like uh, almost I want to say like 10 years to get down to the most simple and then layer and then figuring out how can we layer on top in a way that people can grow with it and learn it and and but still have a you know a challenge because like dad has been saying you have all these different kids are different levels people are at different levels well and that's for all of us we're all at different rhythmic musical levels so what can everybody do and then how can we provide the opportunity for more to the people that want more and it's it's you know i have this idea of like every every song has a root um and then and then there's are there are layers and eventually you get to like jazz you know you get to that at the top level is that inspiration and improvisation and like creating out of the blue that's ultimately like the highest level of music. And I think that whole idea can happen within a classroom activity too. And I know daddy did some like three voice poems where there was rhythm and your, and, and, po voice. and poetry and changing gr and groups doing different lines. And that, I mean, that took commitment from a teacher, but it didn't necessarily take, you know, a teacher that was a drummer. I mean, you, you, like you said so yourself, you're not the most rhythmic person, but you're definitely not afraid to try anything when it comes to music. And so, you know, you you started simple and, and the kids got comfortable with that. And pretty soon they're doing this amazing creative performance in class, basically. And they're just doing it for each other. And I, I thought that was that that example kind of showed me like what the p potential was. And from there, I've been kind of trying to find where the actual root is. Yeah, well, and, and it's a good, it's just a beautiful example because if, if you just create the space, the kids will take it, right? Like you don't have to feel like you are the most rhythmic teacher, but if you just take a chance and bring rhythm into the classroom in a creative way, the kids will know what to do, right? Like just make mm, it a safe place so to do that. true. Yeah. So I'm wondering if we can pivot a little bit, because I think we've been sure. focusing a lot on the role of rhythm and learning, um, which, I mean, any any parent listening, right, who's, who's also a teacher, any, uh, you know, anyone that has worked with little kids before, like, we, I think we can all acknowledge that rhythm is the cornerstone of learning, right? You think about one of the, one of the things that we do early on with kids is we sing to them all the time to help them learn things. There's a, there is a potty song. If you have to go potty, stop and go right away. I am singing that to Quinn nonstop. It's in my head, but <laughs> this is it, right? This is about being a parent. You sing everything. Um, so I think we can understand that that's, that's a real connection. Mm -hmm. I'd like to pivot into now, now let's, um, think about the role of rhythm and just rhythm just to help regulate your room, right? So I'm wondering if you can give us some examples of 
maybe something like, let's just pretend we're coming back into our educational setting, back into our classroom after something that's a lot of high energy. So maybe we were, mm-hmm. in, we were out for lunch or maybe we were out at recess or we're coming back from physical education. And I'm like, okay, I got to kind of bring the, the energy down just a little bit so we can get back into kind of that, that regulation and um, teaching phase. And then if we could then pivot into maybe the opposite of like, maybe we're in a school and we're kind of back to back academic to academic and they're coming into math class and you're like, oh, I can see that everyone is just totally zoned out. What's something that I can do to kind of invigorate and get them um, their heart rates going to get ready to learn? I don't know if that makes sense. And if you can kind of think of two options for that. Yeah, well, I think um, one naturally calming rhythm is like the three beat, like the waltz. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. So, I mean, at the easiest point, you could, you know, you could find a song that's got six, eight time and you could have the kids waltz to their desk or, you know, worked the way back but I, I created a fun little song um, using the Spanish colors um, and so uh, it's it's a it's really like a catchy kind of a thing and I think it's a good it's something that kids like you were talking about singing we sing and I think this one kids love songs we know that and so that song is just real uh, real simple basically it's uh, I'll preface by saying I know orange the color is not naranja, that's the fruit, but I love the word naranja compared to anaranjado or whatever it is. Works better for rhythm. So here, here's how it goes. But it's the rainbow. Ro-o naranja amarillo Verde azul indigo violeta Ro-o naranja amarillo Verde, azul, indigo, violeta, oranja, amarillo. So then what do you, so then, so just walking and singing the song, or bouncing and singing the song, that definitely is something that you could do. What I like to do is bring the breath and the movement together. So whether it's like bouncing or walking, so if it's just like swaying, and then you just, every six beats, you just breathe in and breathe out. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, breathe in, six, breathe out, breathe in, six, breathe out, two, three, four, five, six, breathe in, two, three, six, breathe out, two, so the the beat is going to naturally be calming the breath the six breaths and six six breaths six beats of a breath in and out you know it obviously depends on the pace it can be kind of hard to breathe that deep if it's slow but if it's like a but if it's like a, if you sing that song it naturally kind of has a pace to it so well if you sing it you have to you right you have to breathe so anytime we're using our voice to do rhythm we're we're working on we're we're working on getting our breath in and out pretty naturally you know you're not thinking about breathing when you're singing you're just singing so that's a that's a number one thing like sing and breathe that just will happen and then the movement with the breath is a, can really sort of, I think, calm or regulate. And it could go, that one could probably go either way, but this, the natural kind of sway of a waltz just has a, has a soothing effect. Um, and so I think that's what I would say is like a, a good way to kind of bring kids back. Love it. All right, now what if we want to invigorate them a little bit and wake them up a little bit? Yeah, so... I think this, what I've seen in my, in my drum circle experiences it is like this thing that we uh, called, that we call the rumble. And we learned about this when doing drum circle facilitation training. And, but it's just like basically just rumbling on a drum. 
or a desk or body or whatever. And like rumbling um, as a listening activity, rumble loud, rumble soft, rumble fast, rumble slow. It helps kids both get like the wiggles out, but it also can, it also brings energy. So that's like a, I, the, the rumble. And then we do, you can, you can, I mean, make up any game you want with rumble games, you know, I mean, if you want to bring kids down with a rumble, you know, rumble the rainforest, rainstorm, here comes the rain, you know, there's, and so I think the rumble is a natural, non-musical way to bring rhythm and energy, change the energy. Um, the other thing I would, and so, yeah, the, I mean, I always start with that because any teacher can rumble. There's, you know, don't have to have any musical background or any music, just, and asking questions and having kids rumble if, like, rumble if you like to play soccer, rumble, 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 you know, kids can all do that. They can all, and they can ask those questions, you know, you can give control and let a kid lead that real easy. So that's a good way to change the energy. And then the, any kind of, and then I think any kind of like four beat March or, um, you know, pop, like popular music, dance music, um, reggae music, those, if you put a bounce or like a step to the beat, um, with some claps, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You know, that kind of thing is going to bring it is going to bring energy movement and rhythm. And then, um, the thing we did at the beginning where we breathe in for four and out for four and in for four and out for four and then in for eight and then out for eight. So when we do that, the faster breath starts to bring heat to the body and the longer breath brings kind of some tension to the body, raises your heart rate, gets going. So even just using uh, patterned breath, um, you know, can bring energy. I mean, if you kind of look at, if you've ever been to a yoga class and you look at the pattern of a yoga class, like you can see kind of what they, what, what they do. They, they, they get everybody to do something very slow and they don't worry too much about the breath at the beginning, but it brings everybody into the room together and it kind of gives you a chance to like let go of everything that's come before. And then right away we start to get that flow going. You know, we start to teach, we teach a little movement. Here's what we're going to do. Then we flow then we flow and we flow and we repeat and we cycle and we loop. And then all of a sudden people are sweating and feeling good and there's energy. And then, you know, so I think that showed me that just breath, rhythmic breath can do the same thing. Yeah. Ah, Luke, I, I'm so grateful that you joined us and um, brought a little rhythm to us on this wonderful Saturday. I want to come to Denver and good. dance with Jamie now because I see she really can Listen, move. Jamie's got, <laughs> Jamie's got some rhythm. Hardly. We were just practicing this last night. Last night. We were doing a little stomp last night. So, um, but thank you. So again, I mean, your the company is Be Rhythmic. So if you go to berhythmic.com and we'll have the, the yep. link in our, on our website. Um, and it's a, it's a bunch of free resources. It's amazing. Things that you can use, videos, beats. Um, and I think if we're going to need anything next year, we're going to need regulated kids and rhythm is going to be a really important part of that. So do not hesitate to look this up. Um, you can always also reach out to Luke if you had questions, but yep. Luke, yep. thank you, Steve. Well done with Luke. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thanks, Grainer. Yeah. You guys are the best. All right. Thanks for having me. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. There's our song. Three, four,
movement to your body. You can, you can simply just march, tap your heels to the beat. You want to bring that heartbeat rhythm, heartbeat, heartbeat. You can slap your leg, heartbeat, heartbeat. Gonna bring some some claps into this. feel free but now we're gonna bring this all together with some breath okay so we're gonna breathe in three four breathe out two three breathe in two three four breathe out six seven eight you can close your eyes breathe in breathe out